Okay, welcome to episode eight. I think it is now. We have extremely special guest Jacob King joining us today. Jacob, thank you for being here. Glad to be here. I've listened to every pod so far, and I'm excited to finally be on it. It's an honor, and this is long overdue. How, how's life going? It's going, you know. Um, in my master's year, one year right now. Um, semester's almost done. It's pretty chill. I'm teaching a class as like a graduate student, teaching assistants. Pretty chill. Yeah. What? So you're doing a master's in engineering, right? Yeah, biomedical engineering. Yeah. Okay. So you have you're kind of like in a specific concentration, more with like biotechnology, biochemistry, biology, right? Yeah. That yeah. Kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. So it's like it's biotechnology, systems biology. Okay. Because I've seen whether it's just like on Bereal or I like I'll just <laughs> see you on your laptop at Max's and it just looks like extremely complex. So, <laughs> tell just for the listeners or for me, what's what's like the craziest thing you've learned this year? The crazy, okay. Or maybe just most interesting. Yeah, that's good. So I'm in this biological networks class, which is, um, it's a math class, but it's like a biomath class. And they do, everything is like um, relating biological networks to like graph theory, which I didn't know anything about. So like, I'm just learning about this now. But I guess it's like, in math, a graph is like, Kind of like what you think a network looks like with different nodes attached to each other. Um, and these people who, you know, I guess do research on it, they will use like biological data and they'll just create this graph. And like the math to me seems so crazy because you can like, when you have this huge network, you can just say there's like an equation or whatever. And you can just say, okay, these two nodes are like, if you just control these two nodes, you control the whole network. So wow. You can like you can like really extrapolate. There's like crazy amount of math. It's crazy. It just seems like there's infinite possibilities from that. Yeah. 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 Like graph theory is how like Google will decide what pages should be linked together when you look something up. It's called page page ranking. Yeah. So it's like a an algorithm they use. It's like insane to me. Wow. It seems fishy, but it, it actually is real. But it seems fake. <laughs> guys, on his way to working for Google. <laughs> Probably not, but we just gave a free shout out to Google. I know. I mean, we'll get him on the phone. So. I mean, if you're hiring, I'm here. For those, so. <laughs> so, based on something else you were talking about, being being a GSI graduate student instructor. Yeah. So, I mean, you're you're so close in age. I'm assuming to most of your students. What is it like oh, yeah. teaching people who are you know almost the same age as you? And then, oh, yeah. what's your what's your experience been like teaching? You know, I, I imagine you'd be like a really fun, chill GSI. Yeah, I'm definitely chill. Um, you know, I definitely let my students come in at any time throughout the hour and a half and then they get full credit because I'm like, this is five points, you know, like it makes up such a small portion of your grade. Like this is not going to, no this is the determining stick, right? factor in your letter grade. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Like that's, <laughs> you know, um, it's kind of weird because like it's an intro class, but some people are transfer students. So some people are, you know, 18 freshmen, other people are like, 20, 21 that are transfers and there's people that are like, you know, maybe older than me, right? That are like in their thirties, you know, went to oh, community yeah. college and now they're like going back to go to school, right? I think there's like two or three people who are veterans, right? So they're just like now going to school and so obviously they're like thirty, they're much older than me. Sure. It's a little weird. It's mostly weird because like I feel like I don't know that much about bi like you know, I'm not like a biology expert. Like I feel like I just know enough to like do things, you know. Sure. You wouldn't have got the job if you didn't, man. Yeah. You you, you you know your stuff, come on. <laughs> but it's funny because, like, you know, 
they're very motivated as like a freshman is and they ask all these like really intense questions and I sure. most of the time you know you're just told there's a BS fight and they'll just say when you don't know something like you know but it's it's kind of funny yeah they're very chaotic though it's fun it's really? kind of like being a camp counselor yeah I'd say like for the, when they're mostly freshmen I saw on uh, I think it was on B-roll that you posted a picture once with the class I was like alright this guy's a good GSI <laughs> like, if my GSI is who can be on his B-roll what flattery you know, the only reason I did that was because one of the students was like, "Oh, it's our time to do our B reel," and I was like, "Oh, you guys are on B reel. That's funny." And then he did it of the class, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta do my B reel. Do it after." And he's like, "You're not gonna do it of the class," and he was like, kind of disappointed. And I was like, "Shit, I guess I will." Wow, that's how you know you're a good GSI. They want to be included. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers to that, man. I know. Okay, I know. so you're the cool GSI. You I made it so. in I life. Hope so. I hope so. You are. Trust me, dude. Let's uh, let's jump into sports here because. It was a good weekend for us. Our Lions finally got their second win, right, in somewhat ugly fashion against this reeling Green Bay team that is just an utter mess on offense. And it just doesn't seem like Aaron Rodgers has the magic to save them. So I guess what I'm going to ask you is, do you think this was a statement win for Detroit, showing maybe it does have something to play for despite a pretty nasty mm-hmm. season so far? Or do you yeah. think that it's just an indictment on the Packers for putting up nine points against a historically bad Detroit defense? So I feel like it's not black or white. It's definitely both. Sure. The Packers are terrible, right? They should be able to beat the Lions, right? But the Lions will find a way to lose against anybody. Of course. But the fact that we won primarily because we were able to um, you know, show up on the defensive end. We had three turnovers, I think, three interceptions, right? Yeah. That's like unheard of. I mean, I don't care. Aaron Rodgers is not washed. He's just, I think he's just, I don't know what it is. I think he just doesn't care anymore. Like, he's kind of done with with the Packers because of the, the lack of, of wide receivers on this offense because Just, yeah the lack of like organizational support I yeah. would say I, I hear what you're saying there I mean I, the biggest problem though is like because of this new contract he got he's making 22 percent of oh. their salary cap one player oh I believe it so, I mean I'm not Aaron Rodgers Stan sure but it's just I understand that he's angry though for the lack of wide receiver talent but when Devonte Adams leaves and you get that contract, there's not a lot of money to give around to you know free agent wide receivers. No, yeah, I, I agree. I agree to that for sure. I think just coming back to the lines, I think it was definitely a statement when our defense is improving. I think any win for the Lions is a statement win. I mean, we won. won. How many games did we win last year? We won three games and we had a tie. I mean, now we're, we're already sitting at two out of three. We're approaching that total. Yeah. You know, and I was talking to you about this earlier. Right? We're playing the Bears this weekend. The Bears, you know, maybe... I don't know what's up with the Bears. People think the Bears are now Super Bowl contenders. It yeah, seems like when you watch, everybody's got to slow down. Everybody okay? needs to relax. They got one player. They also traded away one of their best players to oh, get this Smith, other player. Yeah. Okay. Are they looking better? Yes. Of course. Are they still... Uh, it was like hard a, to look worse. I mean, they were at yeah, the bottom. I think they're still a three-win team, four-win team. They now have three wins, I think. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. We're sitting at two wins. I mean... Yeah. It's not unreasonable to think that we beat the Bears this week. I'm with you. I don't, I don't know what the line is, but I'm gonna I'm gonna guess it's it's pretty. It's close. probably like three. I'm yeah. thinking around Bears, Bears, of course. Sure. And it's like if we win this week, we won two in a row. I mean, like that's unheard of. Consecutive wins. Consecutive what? wins is unheard of. And then the next week, I don't think we play any. I don't think we really play anybody that I'm scared of like barely winning until the Bills. And right. you know, Lions fans will say, "What? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like we should lose." No, I don't give a shit. I'm tired of losing. Like, <laughs> it felt good to beat Aaron Rodgers. It felt amazing. And I think if you're one of these Lions fans, because there's a lot out there, especially in our friend group, that say we should lose every game so we can get Bryce Young. I hate that mentality. I hate, I it, hate that because, you know, 
like teams have bad years, right? The Eagles had some bad years, but they still showed that they were like competitive. Yeah. And they were mid. Like they weren't the worst team, right? They didn't have a lot of like a best pick, but they weren't a playoff team for a few years and then they you need to show like you have some like team competitiveness. 100% for for a guy like Dan who, you know, his biggest attribute is his ability to motivate players. If you have two years where you collectively win, like, let's say, five games, like three wins last year and two wins this year, you're going to lose the locker room. And if you lose the locker room, you're done. You know, yeah. and he's just he's just playing out what's going to be a shortened contract is they're going to have to fire him. So these games are – obviously, they're not going to make the playoffs. This is for pretty much this team to earn their stripes and to make sure they know that they're not playing for nothing. And these are actually meaningful games – and they're working towards the ultimate goal of being a legit team. Yeah. So. I mean, I agree, right? I mean, like, we got to get, we have to be better than we were last year. And up until, honestly, I'm not even convinced, but, like, we don't, it's not guaranteed that we look better than we did last year as a team right now. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. Not, no, right? We and we have to be year. better than we were last year. Right? Then you're going to start raising some questions about, you know, is MCDC the guy? Like. You know, and I, it's maybe it's not fair, but that's just how it is, right? You have to be better every year, when, especially when you have three wins. Like, it, there's yeah. pretty much nowhere but up. If you can, you can, another off his first full off season with the team, you can't go backwards. You can't, and and for a while, it looked like that's exactly what they were doing. But they're trending in the right direction. Guy you mentioned who's trending in the wrong direction, Aaron Rodgers, three picks, first time that's happened, I think, since 2017. That's five years. Shout out Detroit defense. He completed less than 54 percent of, of his passes against again this Detroit defense after that really good win, is still bottom 10 in pretty much every defensive category. So I know you were kind of saying, like, oh, I don't even know what's next. But like, what do you, if you're the Packers and you're the Rodgers, like, do, you, do you retire? Do you demand a trade uh, after signing that huge deal? I mean, what, what, what's the next step for him? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think, I think, you know, with the way that football, right, he's playing very bad this year. Off the field, right, he's got a lot of things you wouldn't want, especially in your, you know, potentially a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Right. I'd see a lot of teams would obviously want them on their team, but I just don't know how they could realistically acquire him given his contract and given yeah. his age and given just the way that he kind of carries himself. Yeah, he, I mean, he's 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 certainly a presence in the locker room. I don't know. If, I mean, I was talking about this with Lauren in the last spot. He's 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 always angry at somebody else. He throws twenty year old kids under the bus. You know, these wide receivers who are rookies are like they're not good. That's just the way it is, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't see, I don't know. I can't really think of a team that would, you know, really put all their chips, in, chips I guess, in the table for him. Right. Who's that desperate for a quarterback that isn't, I, maybe maybe the Colts. <laughs> maybe the <laughs> maybe Colts, give right? But the Colts have a lot of issues, I feel like, regardless of quarterback. They, I mean, they just don't look good. They just took Jeff Saturday out of ESPN. The guy, oh, he had never coached anyone That's, in high school. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that, by the way? I was going to ask you about that. I mean, so... First of all, I think that the, people will quickly think of, of the Rooney Rule and that they didn't follow oh, it yeah. because they didn't interview any minority candidates. The Rooney Rule doesn't apply to interim coaches. So that's one thing to think about. They technically didn't break any rules. With that said, I mean, I get it. you got to sign a coach right away. And Jeff Saturday's got an awesome presence, Super Bowl winner in Indianapolis. But I was just going to say, you know, like Reggie Wayne, right? He's their wide receiver coach right now. He's been yeah, the coach for about a year. Yeah. yeah, and why wouldn't they hire him? They hire some guy who's on ESPN every morning. Not saying he's not qualified, but sure. But it's just like he's definitely not the most qualified out of the potential candidates. You got a guy like you said, Reggie Wayne, in house. Reggie Wayne, all time leading receiver for for the Colts, also a Super Bowl champion, just like Jeff Saturday. He has everything Jeff has, maybe not quite the level of charisma, and then more about everything else. More so, it's just 
I mean, you know, I'm happy for Jeff Saturday. I like listening to him on ESPN. He's funny, you know. Yeah, but, it's just like a shock, you know. It's just like I don't know. I, I think. Do you think he's gonna be good? No, I think he's set up for failure. I mean, the team's a mess. I, I think. Yeah. I think they're gonna struggle. He's gonna. He's going to struggle, and then they're gonna go out and get someone else in uh, in the off season, and maybe it will be Reggie Wayne. I hope he gets a shot because then they'll they'll actually go through the full blown hiring process. I mean, they they didn't they decided on their play caller like yesterday. Because they don't have a play. Frank Reich, who got fired, is, was the play caller. Yeah, you see that game, by the way? Some of the worst plays called in the history of the NFL. I, you know, the crazy thing, <laughs> I mean, Frank Reich had so much success in, in Philly. With, he made Carson Wentz look you know, like an MVP. And that was his whole, that was the whole, every time he struggled, it was like, hey, he made Carson Wentz look great. Maybe, you know, I, really, I know he's had like a, a revolving door of quarterbacks in Indianapolis, but man. It was time to, he, he just, I mean, if, you, if I'm the locker room, I, I don't know if I can, he can be our leader when you just struggle that much and you keep falling short, short, short. Yeah, Tough I agree. Play. I think definitely, I don't know. I think the Colts just got off to bed start. Matty Ice pulling up with record fumbling. That was absurd. I yeah. think I think that just started them off bad. And yeah. then, you know, it's their offensive line is not like what we think the Colts are also. They're, they're very bad. They're not yeah. as good as they have. You know, I guess everybody thinks the Colts, you know, they have these amazing offensive linemen. But they've really lost that talent like they used to have a few years ago. Yeah, they, I mean, they put in Ellinger, the, the backup. Yeah. He's still running for his life, you know, and he's, he's more athletic than Matt Ryan. I mean, you're more athletic than Matt Ryan, too. But I, mean, so, <laughs> I, think, I think a brick wall almost. <laughs> yeah. It'd be close. So it's just the Colts are a mess. And I just, you know. They, they're paying guys a lot of money right now because they have so, such good talent, the guys that are kind of moving off the rookie contract. So it's not a, like, oh, they're rebuilding. Like They're in win-now mode, and, and the window's closing. And it might have already closed. So Yeah. All power I think the back. window closed when um, when they had uh, Phillip Rivers as their quarterback. That was like – they went to the playoff there. That's the crazy part is he's he's been their best guy. You know, they, they didn't even won like 11 games. I mean, they were good. Yeah, I mean, he's not that bad. I mean, he's – He was fine. But yeah. I mean, Phil, the issue with Phil Rivers, he just – I mean, the guy couldn't throw the ball anymore. He, like in the sense like he couldn't throw more than forty yards because he has that weird throwing motion, yeah. you know. So he was cash, but yeah. Um, I don't know. T- I mean, it's a tough scene for our older quarterbacks. Matt Ryan's not struggling. Brady's struggling. Lil Wayne recently came out and said they should have traded Aaron Rodgers before the season. So a lot of tough seasons for a lot of people. You out think there. they could trade him? Not this year. I mean, like you were saying, his, his, his contract and that that aura he carries around makes him almost untradeable. And okay. at his age, what kind of team would would want Aaron Rodgers? I mean, you're talking about the Colts. I don't really know. Like, I can't... I mean, like, he's not going to go to the Texans. No, they're not ready to win. You could maybe make an argument for, like, New Orleans because they're really good at kind of managing the cap. They could try to make it work. But I I don't know if that... I mean, because the Winston experiment hasn't worked. So maybe that's another team you could maybe think about. But there's no perfect situation like there was, you know, in uh, in Denver for Aaron Rodgers last year when it ended up being Russell Wilson. But... Um, <laughs> yeah. Which ended up not being so perfect of a situation. But... Yeah, it's a mess. I mean, but you know what? What this all boils down to is the Lions got a dub. Did you hear Dan Campbell in the, in the locker room? He's like, hey, I got a game ball. Aaron Glenn. You know, <laughs> for the, his, his voice is just shot. Oh, I love Dan, man. I, I really want to see him succeed. It I know. He's but definitely I very likable. Yeah, I think the players really play hard for him. And I, I think, you know, they just need a little more talent. And they need, I, I think he's, he needs to be better in terms of managing games a little bit. But, you know. We just go for it in every fourth down. We go for it on. We just go for it as much as we can. And yeah. I, I get it because he's like, we're not that good. Like, you need to take risks. Yeah. Like you know, like the you know, what did we go for two right on our first touchdown and we yeah. got it. Yeah. And it's like. And then they had to go for two and they didn't get it and it's like, 
I mean, that's pretty much, you know, like you could call, like, then, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's very, very aggressive. And, you know, maybe once he has more talent around him, he'll kind of pull back a little bit. But for now, it's just like, you know, it's his aggressiveness is not the reason we're losing. It's more so a lack of talent, so. Yeah, I would, yeah. And it looks, I mean, you know, our, our offense started so good, and now it's, like, floundering, and our defense is maybe getting better. We're not 32 anymore. We're, like, 30, which, I mean, yeah. that, I mean it's an improvement. We're in the right direction. Right? I mean, Hutch looks a lot better. I mean, yeah. any interception for a D lineman is insane. That so. was awesome. Very good. Very good read by him. Yeah, that was sweet. He cut, um, he just, you know, he, he jumped the route. It was awesome. It's also a very bad throw by Aaron. He severely under. Yeah, he, he, he was he, not even getting the He botched that one. <laughs> I think, I mean, let, let's see a, a fully healthy DeAndre Swift before we start, you know, completely losing faith in what was originally an incredible offense. So, because yeah, Jamal Williams looks good too, though. I mean, he, he does too, but good. I think Swift just has the yeah, different gear. You know, Williams is great, though. You're right. Our O line is really what carries the run game. Yeah, and, and I think Goff has just come back down to earth too. So yeah, and they, but fair. also you know they've had receivers in and out of the lineup. So uh, I don't. I think it was a little smoke and mirrors in the beginning. It wasn't. They're not really that good. I don't yeah. think they're really this bad. They're probably somewhere in the middle. You but, think they're like a mid offense? Yeah, I mean because they just don't have the players to be elite, and they but they have enough where they shouldn't be terrible, which is what they've been the last few weeks. So. We'll, we'll see. We'll get JMO hopefully by the end of the That month. could be big. That could be really big for Jared Goff. And, you know, just having a guy throw to outside the numbers. But He's supposed to be like a number one type of dude. He's supposed he's to be just, like a, a dude. He's a freakish dude. speed. Freakish speed. Hopefully the ACL thing has, isn't going to hamper him too much. But that would be nice to get him back. I'm excited to see him on the field. Um, but, yeah, so I think I was going to transition a little bit because you sent me a Geno Smith hype video recently, which I loved. And it got me all in on really what's been one of the coolest – storylines of this 2022-2023 season. And then, so he's, he's probably, him or Saquon, they're going to be the comeback player of the year this year. And then, I guess what I want to ask you is, you know, you sent me the video. What have you seen from Geno that's got you so fired up? And why now, after being seven years as a backup, ever since things soured in New York, is he having this just resurgent season? I feel like when it comes to Geno Smith resurging, a lot of factors, right? He's drafted by the Jets, I believe. Yep. Number one reason, play for the Jets. Sorry about any Jets fans, but the Jets have... This is the first year that they seem like they have a competent organization, you know, on a coaching level, on a team level, right? And they still can't get the quarterback right. Yeah, right. So let's be clear. Like, you know, that's probably number one. Um, well, to be honest, he wasn't looking that good either. You know, and that's on. it's pretty rare that a quarterback comes back, you know, seven, eight years into their career, they have a resurgence. I think the, the comp people make is Rich Gannett, because he, like, sort of did that. But not, like, he, he not to this extent. This is crazy. Gino is, he's not an MVP winner, but he's definitely in that candidate range. Yeah. He's, like, five. He's, like, a top five player this year. Yeah. Like, probably around five. I'm so glad you brought that up, because this is not, like, Oh, Daniel Jones is you know not turning the ball over anymore, or Justin Fields is actually producing on offense like he has it's, some yards. Yeah, it's not an actually. It's like a yeah, he's like making legitimate plays. He's been a focal point of the Seattle offense that's looked really good and has them atop the NFC West or leading their division. So, I mean, I, this is more than just like a fun story. This team is really, really good, and you combine that with Kenneth Walker and just mm-hmm. the rookie studs that they have all over the field. They won this draft. It was amazing, and I've seen. You know, I want to throw out some, some Geno stats to you because he is he is sixth in passing yards. That's more than the undefeated Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers, and Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. who has thrown nearly 80 more passes than Geno. He's seventh in yards per attempt. That's better than Burrow and Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Rodgers, and Brady. He's completing 73.1% of his passes. 
Joe Burrow's second at 70 flat. So, he, you know, he's miles and away the most efficient passer. And then, like, number one or two in QBR? Or no? He is, I think he's third in QBR. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, and then this part I thought was crazy. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. That's who have thrown more touchdowns than Geno Smith. And he has thrown fewer picks than all of them. So, I mean, it's he just, doesn't throw the ball as much as any of those quarterbacks do, yeah. which isn't because he doesn't have to. They have the That's not what Pete game. Carroll does. It's not exactly. It's not the Pete Carroll way. So it's just like, and it, it, when you combine leading or being among the leaders in all those categories, this is not. Like, he's also getting paid like two million dollars a year. Oh, he's getting a massive pay raise. Back up the oh, bank yeah. truck. This yeah. guy is getting paid. <laughs> but I, I just I go back to when because he's leading the league in completion percentage, and that's so often like a. Just a non-representative stat. Sam Bradford mm-hmm. led the league completion percentage. Remember Sam Bradford? Oklahoma I, legend. Yeah, shout out. Not an NFL legend, though. And then uh, we had, like, you know, 400-year-old Drew Brees did it for a few years, too, when he couldn't throw the ball down the field. It was just a bunch of checkdowns. So he's not just, like, some checkdown guy. He's th- I've seen, Remember, I think there was a game against the Saints. The guy's throwing bombs. To Tyler Lockett. Yeah, yeah, in the bread basket. I know. You know? So like, 40-plus. Yeah, he is, I think he has four plays over 40-plus this year, which is, I don't know where that ranks among the lead leaders. But, but he's not like P.J. Walker, by the way. P.J. Walker. Had the absolute best throw of the season. That was the best throw of the season. I'm really happy for, you know, an XFL guy making it in the league. Oh, but, like, I think he got benched next week, though. I think he did, yeah. I think Baker played a little bit, which is never a good sign. But... Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just I think Geno's uh, he's the real deal, and he's got a real team right now, and he's a feel good story. But mm-hmm. he's got this team playing really well. He's in legitimately the MVP race, and I'm so glad you sent me the hype video because it got me hyped up for what was already just such a good story. Yeah, for those who obviously probably have not seen it, the hype video spends about half the time um, just throwing slander at Russell Wilson about how he wanted to leave the Seahawks. Of course, which is amazing, right? I mean. I like that. I think I, that I think too. the reason they liked Gino so much is the way that Russell Wilson handles himself with not being able to communicate directly with him. Mr. Unlimited. Or Mr. <laughs> Limited right now. Let's be real. Mr. Limited. Mr. Limited. He's definitely limited. Yeah. You know. He doesn't run anymore. When you have former players, you know, come out, you know, teammates talking like Richard Sherman. They talk about him like, you know, he's not he's not really a good guy. He's not a good leader. Gino doesn't I think Gino's got this chip on his shoulder and they like that. Yeah. You know. They and wrote me off, I ain't right back. I love that quote so much. It's so good. He um he's been on the Seahawks for a while, right? I think a few years. He definitely knows the playbook better, which is why it's such That's an easy point. transition really to him being a great quarterback immediately. He knows the playbook. Yeah. You know, Pete Carroll keeps it relatively simple for his quarterbacks, right? I mean, he doesn't have to throw these dimes, but he's throwing them. So. Sure. I think it's it's a lot. They hit on their their corner. They hit on their running back. They're looking good. They're looking good. Yeah, and I think just something I wanted to quickly touch on before we wrap up the Geno thing is just the fact that, like, so he got drafted to New York, and he wasn't supposed to start that first year. It was Mark Sanchez. I heard this on the Ryan Russillo podcast okay. recently. It was a preseason game, Giants versus Jets. Mm-hmm. And it, it, there's like it's a little bit. It matters a little more than a normal preseason game because it's like it's against the Giants and stuff. So they threw Mark Sanchez in, just go play a drive, you know, get us a touchdown. And Mark Sanchez got hurt, like he's like out for the year almost. So they throw Geno into the fire, and he really, you know, he was great in college at West Virginia, but he, he was not ready to be the starting Mountaineers. quarterback with Mountaineers. Come on, shout out. <laughs> he was not ready to be the starting quarterback for the New York Jets, and he struggled. And you know, he ended up getting like an altercation with a player in the locker room. And that player ended up getting released, and things just soured for Gino. And he never got a second shot after that until now. So I think, you know, yes, this is extremely surprising. But it's not like Gino never had any promise. It just 
there was a, he was kind of a victim of circumstance. Yeah. Uh, not to say that he was, you know, fully blameless, but I think, you know, it's it's long overdue for him to get a shot, and he's making the most of it. Yeah. I so. mean, and you look at the NFC, and, you know, it's looking... I was thinking, you know, I was thinking about this, and I was listening to some people talk about it, right? I mean, the Buccaneers, they're, what, they're, they're up and down, right? But you could definitely see a scenario where they, you know, they go like 9-8, and eight, they just make the playoff, and then it's he... Tom Brady, right? He's got to play Geno Smith, Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, maybe Dak Prescott. I mean, you're saying like these none of these guys have any realistic playoff experience. Not much of a gauntlet, yeah. That's a good I mean, point. I mean, you could totally. I mean, it's totally realistic to think Brady's back in the Super Bowl, which is sickening to think about after having a year like this. I mean, you know, he's only playing for January and February anyway. Right. So I mean, yeah. if he's, it's scary to me, you know, and I'm scared. I I hope Jalen Hurts. Or Genos, any of those quarterbacks. I would much rather see them in the Super Bowl, for sure. Yeah, but it's scary to me because the NFC is so... Not that the Eagles are not good, but like... Let's see them win a playoff game. Exactly. And I know I know this... Like, it's not. This isn't about Jalen Hurts not being good enough, but just this team doesn't have a lot of playoff success. So let's, you know... And they specifically got blown out by Brady last year, so maybe it's a bad matchup for them. It's true, you know. And I think it it takes you know the playoffs is different you know they talk about it in basketball it's a different game it's it the same thing in the NFL which is why you see the same teams do so well and you see teams like the Bills consistently choking the playoffs you know I was talking about getting to the Super Bowl obviously so like sure. you know i mean it takes a, it takes a certain kind of team to make it to the Super Bowl all right tomorrow if brady played the seahawks who wins let's say in the playoff it's, yeah, it's, it's winner go home. It's winner, and let's you know what I think. It's tough because it's Pete. We're talking about Pete Carroll, who's a legendary playoff coach. So sure. I, I'm gonna have to choose the Buccaneers in that one. I oh. just think their defense is so good. Yeah, it is. And really I good think if you David. if you tell them this is it or you're going home, they're gonna show up like they've never showed up before. I think you're right. I think if it was in Seattle, I think I might take Seattle. That's fair. Okay, what about Bucks versus Philly? I'm I'm taking Philly there. I am taking Philly. Okay. But, I, I mean, I would still take Philly even in a playoff scenario. Obviously, sure. it's going to be in Philadelphia if they play. But I just – it's scary to me, right? Like, I'm I'm taking Philly. Am I confident? Mm, right? The spread would probably be, like, 10 points, and I'm feeling like it's more like three. Yeah, I'd take the under on that, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm definitely I'm – taking, I'm taking the Bucks to cover whatever that spread is. Yeah. Because it's, it's scary, you know, because Brady know shows Brady. up. You know, it's inevitable. He is the most competitive person alive. I'll quote the great Ackermall beer. Tom Brady is inevitable. I think that, I don't know if that's an Ackermall original quote, but he said it once, and I, I thought it was really good. I have counted Brady out so many times in my life, and you know I've come to accept that he is. You can't like he will just win. Like it, even when you don't want him to win, even when you don't think he'll win, he will win. It doesn't matter if he's down twenty-eight to three. Oh, it makes me so sick, man. With like twelve minutes left. By yeah. The way. It's he's like, a magician. Like last week, I'm like, oh, they didn't get a touchdown. Rams won. Thank yeah. God. No, he has 40 seconds, and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna drive on some of the. I'm gonna throw it directly at. Um, oh my God, I'm forgetting the corners. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, I'm gonna throw yeah. directly at Jalen Ramsey, and he's gonna have nothing to do about it, and he's gonna be screwed. What? A and we're gonna win a touchdown, and we're gonna win the game. What a collapse, man! But it is a collapse by the Rams, 100. Yeah. percent But it's. I mean, you got it. I mean, this 45 year old guy's going out there, and he's running a. 40-second offense with no timeouts. I mean, you it's insane. I mean, it's literally just insane. Respect. I'll give respect to Brady, but it's just it's still frustrating. Yeah, it's definitely... The Rams choked that game. I mean, 
game doesn't come down to one draft. But. Yeah, yeah. Stafford's not having a great year. But. Number two in picks, by the way. Yeah. <clears throat> well, any other NFL storylines you want to talk about? I don't know. Oh, Josh Allen injured, right? I don't even know what's going on. Do you know anything about that? It's like a UCL injury. I don't. Tommy know. John, I think. That's oh, it's Tommy. a little, little elbow thing. Okay. Yeah, it's an elbow thing. I think he's day to day, so I wouldn't be worried about it in the long term unless it's like a lingering issue. But I think they're going to hold him out this week, and maybe he won't play against Detroit. That'd be nice. If he, yeah, how? Okay, scenario: the Lions win out. They win the rest of November. How do you feel? We're sitting at six and seven or whatever. I don't know where that would. On be. top of the world, my life's never been better if that happens. If we beat, the, I don't care how, whatever the situation is. Thanksgiving is our Super Bowl. Yeah. And Dan, if Dan Campbell wins on, it's like you know Michigan State, Michigan. We could lose every game, but as long as Michigan beats Ohio State or as long as State beats Michigan, it's it's just a season. Yeah. I can't remember the last time the Lions won on Thanksgiving. It's got to yeah, be at least four or five years ago. It's been a while. I remember they lost to like a really bad Houston team recently. I think that was last year, maybe. I don't know. They stink. I mean, if we can beat, you know, the you know the God on favor to win the Super Bowl, the Bills, right? That'd I be mean, awesome. That'd do so much for this team's morale, you know. And we don't really play a lot of good teams up until then. And I'm not saying the lines are good or anything, but it's just like I want to win some games. I don't want good draft picks. We've had so many good draft picks that we don't. At the end up. of the day. You know, we none of the draft picks we've made have been horrendous. Like, I mean, you know, we drafted where they were supposed to draft. They just didn't pan out. I mean, how are you going to know? I mean, you know, you barely hit on anybody. So it's just like, I just want to play. Yeah, and yeah I agree. it's a good point you make because, like, yeah, a lot of guys don't pan out. But it's never like the Lions drafted so-and-so and you immediately face palm. We're, you know? we're not drafting like Mitch Trubisky. Like, yeah. we're, Jeff Okuda is not that good, right? He's not a number two or three. But but he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be. And yeah. we did what we were supposed to do. And it wasn't just us. Any team would have drafted him there. Sure. And we needed we needed a defense. We needed a yeah, corner. We lost saying, play, yeah. You know, I mean, now should have waited to draft corner until this year, maybe. Yeah. You know, they have three of the best corners. Yeah, but yeah. how are you going to know? You don't know. It's an impossible game, and I'm obviously a lot of it is you know scouting and, and just making the right picks. But some of it's just luck, injury luck, and being in the right situation, having the right you know position coaches in place. And we haven't gotten that part right, but hopefully we will going forward. We have a lot of good assistant coaches in place, former players. So yeah, I know. I'm just tired of good draft picks not panning out. I want to win some games. I'm with you, man. And I I, th- I think we're trending in the right direction. We just got to keep being patient. Hopefully that's not going to be yeah. the case for the next six years, but. Yeah, I agree. I do agree. Let's uh, let's switch to instead of professional football, let's switch to fantasy football. Your fantasy football team is amazing, and I say that as someone who you destroyed a few weeks back. So you've got the best record. You have you're tied with the best record. You have yeah. the most points scored by a pretty considerable margin. Yes. And then you've got this unreal resurgent Josh Jacobs season, sophomore surge from Jalen Waddle, and then just really solid production from Kyler and Dalvin Cook from a fantasy perspective, and then. You're winning despite pretty pedestrian seasons from Mark Andrews and CeeDee Lamb. So your team is the best, and it probably should be a little bit better. So what goes into what I guess is just an illustrious draft process for you? Okay. Not, you know, I feel like number one pick makes sense, right? You always draft running back. Sure. Whatever. If you, I, you know, in the 12-team league, maybe you draft a receiver. I wouldn't be upset if you drafted Cooper Cup number one. He's, right, and we're PPR, by the way, just yeah. so you guys know. But I don't mess around. I get a tight end second round. I don't want to. I don't want to mess around with none of that. Like Mark Andrews was injured last week, and moving forward, I'm scared because 
I don't want to play somebody like Cole Komet or any of these, like, pickup guys, right? Like, they're not good. Even, like, at the end of the season, we're going to look back and say the number two tight ends are miles above anybody else. It's such a shallow position. That's a really good point. It's Kelsey. Even Kittle hasn't been good this year. Or Waller hasn't been that good. Waller's on IR now, yeah. Like, Taysom Hill, he's, like, the number six tight end on the whole season because he had one game where he <laughs> was quarterback. Yeah. yeah. And he had 30 points. Every other game he's had, like, zero. That's I mean, really like, that's point. what it means, like. I don't want to mess around. Like, if you can have somebody like Mark Andrews or Kelsey who's going to give you 20 points a game, that's more than any receiver's going to give because they're more reliant than most receivers are. Yeah. Those two tight ends. No doubt, yeah. And then, I don't know, I got lucky this year. I got Damian Pierce, who is Surprise, yeah, he's been really good as a rookie. Josh Jacobs, who, you know, last year was mid, and he had like three 30-point games this year in a row. And this is on a Raiders team that's otherwise struggling. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know who else on the team. Kyler Murray, who, like, everybody's like, he's not that good. Yeah, he's not that good, but he's, like, number four over. He just puts up 18 points, 19 points every game. Dude, that, that, that uh, rushing yards gives him such a high floor, you know. Yeah, I don't even know who else on the team. Oh. Yeah, I think I, I actually drafted uh, Jonathan Taylor and then traded him for Dalvin Cook and Marquise Brown. I was going to ask you about this trade. You, so you, you go over the – you just – you initiate this master class trade. <laughs> That is perfect. So, sorry, and you were explaining the trade. So you trade t- Jonathan Taylor. I traded Jonathan Taylor for Dalvin Cook and Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown is now on IR. Yes. Right. So, but he gave me two games before them. Sure. And and that's not. It goes back to the point of like, your team should be even better than it is if Marquise Brown didn't get hurt, right? Yeah. I like. I am. Yeah. He's hurt, and obviously, if he was in, he'd probably start. On my bench, I have Cordero Patterson as well who is not starting for me just because I feel like the running back room is way too crowded on my team. It should be better than it is, and it's disappointing. But, but it's the, uh, the, we don't want to distract from the fact that it's still great. You destroyed me, and I like my team. <laughs> I mean, I, it, yeah, but the thing is, it just doesn't, it doesn't matter. As long as you're in the playoff, it doesn't matter. Because every week, you know, I mean, Joe Mixkin can put up 60 points, and then you can still lose like Jacob Cadence did. That was against lose. me. Yeah, yeah. Because you had Kenyon Drake, who ended up having an absolute performance. That was crazy. I won by like three points. That was a nice dub for me. I enjoyed you know, that. Um, I think the highlight of the whole fantasy season thus far was um, Grayson, who was on the pod, played Jaime. Oh, do you remember this? I do. And there Go was ahead, two yeah. consecutive kneels by Jalen Hurts, Grayson's uh, quarterback. Uh, Grayson was up by point one, and after these two consecutive kneels, he was losing by point one, and then it was the end of the game. You can't you can't invent a story worse than that. No more heartbreaking and crushing than that. The best part about that, from a, a you know an observer's perspective, is that the game was over, right? Right. It showed that they won, but then it showed Jalen Hurts' knee once, and then it was oh, sh- the ga- they're tied, and now it goes to bench points, <sighs> and then about five minutes later, oh, no. it shows the second kneel, and then yeah. it shows Jaime winning by point one point. You got a feel for Grayson there, man. It's just a tough scene. I think since then, he's just kind of... I haven't, he, hadn't, he didn't even really start his team last week. He had like three people on by. He's just not even hanging times anymore. Yeah, I mean, he's, listen, he's still... He's got Jalen Hurts. He has Cooper Cup, who are both studs from a fantasy perspective and, and in real football. But he can turn it around. I mean, the league, there's some guys at the top that are, you know, like you and Jaime. And then other than that, it's really pretty close with the rest of the, you know... There's some couple bottom-of-the-pack teams, but... He still has a really good chance. Yeah, Piper's having a tough year. Sorry, Piper. Uh, we'll get you on here soon, by the way. Um, but yeah, it's just it's you know 
it's a tough road and he because he had that great start but he can t- he can turn this thing around but that, that victory that or that loss that you're talking about is I lost to Grayson by the way that was my second loss and then I lost to Maggie last week yeah Maggie's got a really special team I too. hate Maggie in the playoffs it, Maggie scares me she, she scares me she too she just wins I know she just wins and I, I don't, don't even know, know how. how yeah I mean she, by the way Jacob wait you you won right. No, I lost last year. Oh, you Leo. lost the okay. Leo's got the the, the the trophy. The two people in this ring in this room combined for zero fantasy football rings. Maggie has one, but you know, it's our year or it's your year. It's not my year, but you never know because that's the re like you know people people come to me a lot for trades because I have a pretty pretty strong bench. Sure. And I'm like no because at any week any of my starters can get injured. Yeah. And I'd rather I have better players on my bench so then you don't have them in your starting lineup. Yeah. That's a, you, I, I'm never really quick to make trades, man. Like I like having some good guys on my bench. Somebody's going to get hurt. Be prepared for it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll make another big shift here. I can't believe it's taken this long to talk about it on the pod, but I'm so glad that I'm talking about it with you. And that is the one and the only Pat McAfee. Because he's one of the biggest names in sports. He's got to be a father, by the way. Which is, I was going to mention that because it's so cool. Him and his wife, Samantha, they overcome just this apparently life-threatening, grueling battle. Multiple times, by the way. Yeah, with infertility. And, I mean, imagine Pat McAfee as a dad. Imagine his kid doing anything. He's just like, shut up. (laughs) This kid is going to be amazing. Yes. I mean, he's just going to... I hope that he gets him in kicking camps. Immediately. camps. I hope he... Like, I've told Ava, who's my girlfriend, by the way, in med school, so she's carrying me, by the way. <laughs> I've told Ava that when we have a kid, if we have a kid, I'm going to get this kid in long snapping from, you know, from toddler age. Doesn't have to get hurt. Makes a lot of money. And they are going to be the best long snapper the whole league has ever seen. Because how many, how many long snappers are just, I don't even know, people who t- transition to long snapping, like, in the middle of their career? Yeah, I want this person to, to be the best long snapper that's ever existed. Do they even have long snap like camps or anything? Probably not. They probably just have like, I don't know. I don't you'll know. get it rolling. You'll figure something out. Oh, like, we'll figure it out. I yeah. mean, we're gonna. They are gonna. It's gonna be great. It's yeah. gonna be the best long snapper ever. I'm pumped for you, man. I'm excited to see the, the little king running around making big time snaps. I'm gonna give out free jerseys, whoever you know, whatever. Team of course, yeah. Course. yeah. You got to. Yeah. Um, but just going back to Pat, I mean. So he's the host of the wildly successful Pat McAfee show. He is now on College Game Day. He's casually like a part-time WWE wrestler. And, of course, he's a former first-team all-pro punter, right? So I know plenty of people who love Pat's show that have been watching for a while, but I feel like you were among the first on the scene. I remember in the dining hall, like sophomore year, seeing you just grinding out Pat McAfee, which is far before I discovered him. So my question is, first of all, how did you discover Pat McAfee, if you remember? And then can you just speak a little bit to, to his greatness? Yeah, so I started listening to Pat McAfee sophomore year when I really started getting into the NFL and uh, fantasy football. It was kind of all of it. So I was like three or four years ago. I think I just was watch, you know, just watching something. At this point, I don't think there was Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays yet. No, not the beginning. That, that was, yeah. I think, as of last year. Yeah, so I don't even think there was Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays. I just started watching him, and I think... One of the things that he did, I just don't remember, but it, he just did one of the most hilarious things ever, and I forgot exactly what it was. Oh, my God. It was like he punt. I don't know. He was doing something with punting. Yeah. Like he was doing at the very beginning of his career. Um, and it was just, I just thought it was the funniest thing ever. And they would always have, like, you know, real NFL guys come on. 
Um, and, you know, as, as he got more famous, more famous NFL players came on that, like, just weren't, you know, like his teammates. And it was it was just electric, you know? Yeah. And then um, then he was on game day, like, kind of like a temporary host for a while. He jumped off the boat. That was awesome. I think he was at, in Baylor, right? It was at Waco, I think. Yeah, he did a backflip off, right? Yeah. Now? Yeah. And uh, it's, like, I don't know. He's just an electric sports um, host. I mean, he's great. I feel like he's definitely changed the way that we people do sports. Yeah, it's shows so, now. I remember because he was in the beginning. He he wanted to be the play by or the color commentator for Monday Night Football, and he wanted to have like a permanent gig on ESPN and like those you know on Get Up or one of those shows like that. And he just decided, you know what? Forget this. I'm going to do my own thing. It's so much less buttoned up. Obviously, like you know, he curses. He has no filter, and he's just he's, he seems so relatable and so genuine and so passionate about football. And then, I mean, the thing about that show is, like, it's it's genuinely hilarious. Like, it, you don't have to watch. If you're not watching it for the sports, watch for the entertainment. It's just funny. I think the best the, the best thing that, like, describes the entire show is one of the, one of the, I don't know, one of the inner circle tone digs. Sure. This man, so they signed a, you know, prior to signing the FanDuel contract, <laughs> right? Say, yeah. They, you know, they were making good money, right? But then they signed this, like, you know, tens of millions of dollar fan duel contract you know all the guys get bonuses you know sign on whatever tone dicks puts all of his money this is like two hundred thousand dollars by the way i think it was like a half a million or, or something, something yeah, crazy. crazy he puts like hundreds of thousands of dollars on the steelers to win their next game this was like a you know a year or two ago when the steelers have been maybe this was the year they had you know a duck at quarterback i mean it was insane <laughs> i mean I think I don't know if they won or lost, but that's they the won. only thing I'm. They won. They won. Yeah. I mean, that's the craziest part. Every year, I'm, or almost every year, Pat McAfee puts like ten thousand dollars on the um, coin toss of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like that's I mean, insane. Like I, I just, just love hilarious. that they, they have not let the money make them any less of a degenerate, and that's a good thing. That's an yeah. amazing thing. That's what I love about the show. I love that they're from Pittsburgh. I love that they went. He went to West Virginia. I think it's just everything about it's great. Such a good culture on the show, and, and just really what you're talking about, like Pat, often on it, you know, like a social media post or something, he'll say, "Like I lead such a stupid life, man. Like I'm such an idiot." And yeah. you know, and I, I, it's like sure, self-deprecation is funny, but it's also just like he's just, I don't know, he's so authentic, and I love that about him. You know, who he is in front of the camera, it seems like that's who he is off camera too. Uh, yeah, I really feel that way. I yeah. do feel that way. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I, I didn't discover him as early as you did, but I'm really glad I did. And one of the reasons is they have, they have all these great traditions, right? I mean, they got, like, pronunciation of things. So, like, instead of saying shout-out, it's, you know, shout-out. Shout-out, Jacksonville being Clown Town, it's not Clown Town, it's... Clown Town. Clown Town, right? You got... Uh, That's ha- a Yinzer accent, right? Exactly. A, yeah. Hammer. Don. Don. I mean, they're, I mean, how about like when they're, like, millions? And millions! <laughs> I mean, the list goes on. And not how about when Pat's listing things like you, you got Jacob, what, uh, Grayson, what, Piper, <laughs> what? I love that. I love that. There's just so many things that they do, and, and you it just makes know it's it coming. So ele- it makes it so electric. They it have makes, this chemistry. Yeah, there is clear. I don't know if they're. I think some of them are childhood friends. Some of them became for. I don't know what, but it just seems like they've known each other for, since they were. Like I can just see that same group of guys. At like eight years old, just getting themselves into trouble on the block. Of course, yeah. Like that's what is, and they're still doing the same thing. They're just now thirty-five and they have millions of dollars, so yeah. it's even funnier. <laughs> they're hilarious, man, and, and the show is so good. And ever since they got their money, once they made FanDuel their sole odds provider for sports betting, the show hasn't changed. You know, 
It's yeah. like since they, I mean, they it's gotten better because they get better people on the show. Yeah, they have great guests. Aaron Rodgers Tuesday started a whole trend now. Everybody's got every podcaster's got some like sports guy. I mean, Colin Coward's got Joe Burrow on every Tuesday. Who do you think came up with that idea? Yeah, he's got Sean Payton on Mondays. He's got you know Joel Klatt during. I know he's got that. you know. I mean, like it's it's much better now. I think the whole sports world because of Pat McAfee. He is exactly what you're saying. He has changed the game and for the better. Um, and everybody else is just kind of following suit. Um, so I thought this would be kind of fun to try, is to to take a look at the group of guys who are still in Ann Arbor, or Ann Uber, or Ann Uber, depending on how you pronounce it. Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor. <laughs> <laughs> um, and comparing them and try to make some direct comps to the cast of the Pat McAfee show. Okay. So just to, you know, to get our, our bearings here and the bearings for the listeners. Yeah. So on the show, obviously there's Pat. Yeah. There's A.J. Hawk, who's always introduced as college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, and all-time leading tackler for the Packers. It's good that they have an all-time great player on the show. They say that every – he's on the show almost every day, and they say that every single time. And, and you know what? It's funny every time. It is. It gets it gets better with age. Oh, yeah. Um, so you got Pat, A.J., you have Ty Schmidt, the aforementioned by Jacob Tone Diggs, Boston Connor. <laughs> The uh, most degenerate of the group, by the way. <laughs> oh, Connor, man. Evan Foxy, and then uh, Zito, right? So do you see any direct comps that you could make there? I don't know. I feel like Ty, <clears throat> on the show, seems like the most knowledgeable about a lot of things. Yeah, I see that, too. I would say, like, other than, like, obviously, like, the, the actual players who come in, they know a lot about the game. But Ty seems to know all these stats off the top of his head. He just seems like Cadence to me. Yeah, that's a good comp. Because yeah. I feel like K- Jacob, I think he was on the pod, and I think you talked about it with him. He knows everything. He knows like every player, what position they're playing. Unlike the Texans, yeah. Like the only player I know in the Texans is Damian Pierce on my fantasy team, and Dougie Mills, an absolute <laughs> legend. I mean, those are the only players I know. Like, I thought the other day that Will Fuller was still on the Texans. Yeah, he's been on the Texans. He's retired. Yeah, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that either. I know he had like a whole PED issue back in the day, but it's funny because I had like a couple samples like ready to go, and he, Cadence was who I had for Schmidt. Like yeah. the ties, you know, because it's just, it, I completely agree with what you're saying. It's like the perfect comp. Guys who just, they just kind of know everything, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Boston Connor. That one's a tough one. That is Because I one. could see that fitting into Max's personality. Right. But I could also see Max filling, fitting into Pat McAfee's personality. I was thinking. He's like the he's like the ringleader, I feel like. I he was gets thinking everybody Matt, out Max there. is Pat, yeah. yeah. But and it gets tough, you know? Um. I mean, I'm trying to think about who else would be like for for Diggs for Tone Diggs. I was kind of thinking that behind it because he's kind of quiet, you yeah. know, and he doesn't talk that much. But he when he that does, hat on. If, yeah. if that hat was available to Jaime, you know, he'd be wearing. Oh, 100 percent, yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's a potential comp. I don't know. I kind of consider myself uh, as Foxy because it's just like the hopeless Lions optimist that's always wrong. Same yeah. old Lions. <laughs> Foxy's great, man. Foxy said the Lions would beat the Packers. It's a typical Lions win. They win a game that they shouldn't, like they always do. Same old In Lions. In incredible fashion. Yeah. <laughs> Same old Lions. So, yeah, I mean, I guess there, there, there maybe isn't necessarily... I would like, I'm, I'm curious to see your list, what you had had coming up. I mean, I had, so I had Max as Pat. I had Cadence as Ty. The problem is I had, like, I don't know, I had myself, I had myself as Foxy. I think that makes sense. I agree with that. And then, But then I don't, the comps start to lose, I think, as much validity. For example, like, I could put, like... I mean, like for example, where do you fall? Like, are you AJ? I was thinking. I would say, yeah. Is Grayson I, AJ? Grayson's definitely AJ. Okay, that, I was thinking AJ because Grayson. I think by design, you know, Grayson's Grayson, right? Right. <clears throat> I feel like the way that they structure it is that it's like AJ's like kind of like kind of this weirdo, <laughs> and Grayson's not a weirdo, but I think like he. You can only put up with so much just 
absurdity. Exactly. And, and degeneracy. Yeah, because yeah. AJ is not like the other guys. Yeah, I, I think... He's not a degenerate. Like, he's not... <laughs> and that's a great thing about the show. <laughs> I think another thing that's funny to me he's about... He's too logical. He is Grayson's too logical. too logical. With, with AJ, the other thing is, a lot of times, like, he'll be hearing, like, a headline for the first time, like, live on the show... He's like, wait, what? You know, because and, and then I feel like with Grayson, because he's not like a guy who's always checking NFL Twitter, you know. Yeah. So I, I kind of saw that comp there too. So AJ is, is someone I, I was thinking for Grayson. Like kind of just out of the loop. Yeah. In terms of like the sports gam- like sports gambling, the goblin. Like, the goblin. Yeah, whatever it is. The for Connor, so Connor's always just getting dunked on. Like there's like a, we've had little kids call into the Pat McAfee show and just destroy Boston Connor. As they should. As they the should. Way. Guy's a Patriots fan. Let Did me... you see the other day? No. Okay, so they had AQ Shipley on, okay. by the way. Um, forgot what they were talking about. They were saying, oh, AQ, AQ was like, I forgot, where did he play? Uh, he played somewhere, so. and they were like, yeah, one year, like, you know, we were doing really good, um, whatever, and then and then Boston's like, do you remember what happened, like, how did they end that year ago? And he's like, I don't know, and he's like, oh, you lost 17-14 to the Patriots. <laughs> What a weenie, man. I was like, that is the... This is like a 2012 season. It's the most Connor like, thing to that say. That is the funniest thing ever. He's like, yeah, you lost 17-14 in the divisional <laughs> round of the Patriots and Tom Brady. <laughs> and I'm like, that is amazing. I love everything about that. <laughs> I mean, there's that. There's, I mean, the guys... Like, there's a, literally a YouTube compilation that's just Boston Connor getting dunked on. You know? <laughs> like, one of them is the little kid just calling in to say, like, you know, F Boston Connor. And listen... I don't think that's the perfect comp for Piper, but let me. There was a recent event, Jacob. I don't think you were here this night. I don't think so. And we were talking about like how silly a practice it is. Like you, you know the joke that like, um, like it's kind of like an OnlyFans thing where girls will like sell like used clothing or something like that. Okay. And and we were all like, why would anyone do that? And then Max was like, I don't know, Zach. And it's just like. Why is Zach the guy that you think of there? And of course, Zach would never do that, you know? But it's just like, he just got tugged on. <laughs> I can't believe Max said that. Right, right right, to his face. He's like, I don't know. What do you think, Zach? Like, he's just implying that that's, you know, Zach would know the answer. Oh, but... my God. <laughs> Zach, Zach was very offended. And it... only Max would do that, though. And he would only do it to Zach, you know? And it's just... Yeah. Poor Piper, He would do that man. to Grayson, though. He would, yeah, he would do it. To... The, the Grayson, Max... Uh, banter in the trash talking, whether it be on the basketball court or really in any context. Mostly on the basketball court. Mostly on the basketball court. It's yeah. amazing. I love um, that. I'm trying to think about who else we have left here. Like, again, like who's the perfect comp for you, Jacob? Because I had you and Cadence as as Ty. I, uh, I I could see kind of Jaime as Boston Connor. I feel like the way that we treat Jaime, you know, sometimes, <laughs> like, we dunk on him, you know, we always talk about him kind of being a little bit of a weenie. You know, things like that. Poor Jaime, man. But I, I think that, like, one of the reasons I was thinking about you for Ty is that Ty has, like, really good, like, comedic delivery and has, like, bits. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, the Siriani impression. Oh, I, yeah. I, like, and I've talked about <laughs> you this. You the dog mentality. <laughs> the dog mentality. <laughs> the dog mentality. <laughs> the dog mentality. Yeah, you just go, you know, play rock, paper, scissors, man, you know, and it's just like. Rock, like, paper, scissors, shoot. <laughs> um, but, like, it's it, it sometimes, like, there'll be things where you'll say, like, a very standard sentence, but it'll be, like, in response to something funny, and that's somehow funnier than what was originally funny, you know? So it's just, so that was one of the comps I had for, for time for you. But I think we've gotten everybody in here. Um, and it's just, you know, I mean, you can't, we can't, we, we're not the Pat McAfee show, we're just a group of people, but I think it'd be, it is kind of fun to make those comps. Yeah, I think so. Um, 
that's pretty much everything I've got. You got any like any any hot takes you want to throw out or anything to plug? Anything like that? Nothing to plug. No hot. One hot take that I might I'm kind of leaning towards. Yeah. I listen to Colin Coward a lot. Love. Oh, that's a hot take. But First can, off, that's a hot take. You talk about Coward if you want. I love Coward, man. Colin Coward. Listening to Colin Coward can be a hot take. Just saying that you listen to him. Of course. <clears throat> but he made a comp that Josh Allen. Kind of similar to Ben Roethlisberger early career. So I, I mean, you know, similar size, right? I yeah, think I get he, that. his comp was that you know the Steelers heavily relied on Roethlisberger when he was younger, and then he had this huge cliff because you know he was kind of like a guy for so long. A lot of injuries built up, and sure. I can, you know, I can see his. I am kind of agreeing. I think Josh Allen, he's so much of the team. He is the Big entire offense, and it's like. You know, yeah, he's six whatever, and he's how many pounds? It doesn't matter. I mean, running backs get injured, and they're bigger. I mean, they're stronger than a quarterback, and they get injured more than anybody. You know why? Because they're running the ball so much, and yeah. they get tackled by the biggest men on the field. Yeah, I, and I mean, the crazy thing is, like, oh, it's a hot take. Are you kidding me? Are you comparing him to who? Two-time Super Bowl winner Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, this guy it's like shot you know, within his first seven years was like people are saying he's one. He's an MVP candidate every year. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, in our age, most of the way we see Ben Roethlisberger is post, you know, Packers Super Bowl or whatever, and he's just, like, not that good. He's old, yeah. But, I mean, you know, I mean, when I first started watching NFL, it felt like the Steelers were the best team in the league, and it was them and the Patriots. Perennial contenders, for sure. I mean, you know, and that's not, you know, his whole career wasn't like that, and I think that was the point, is, like, we, you know, maybe we're in that seven, eight, you know, seven years of where Allen is dominating, you know. Not that that's a bad thing, right? I mean, but, like, I think people compare him to more. Like, who do you think out of these three quarterbacks is going to have the most longevity? Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, or Patrick Mahomes? Mahomes, for sure. Right. Because like, he runs the least. You know? Right. And you just think that, like, likely, like, it's going to be him at 39. He's going to, like, he, like, if there's anybody, not that there is another Brady, but you'd have to say it's him in the league right now. Yeah. I think that's a good point. And Allen, one thing I love about him is that he's not afraid to take hits, but he just he takes a lot of hits, and he hasn't had the injury bug yet. Obviously, he's, you know he's banged. I don't think week, he should. But. I don't think he should. I think he should be afraid to take hits. He should not be taking yeah, hits. Just because you're six five doesn't mean you have to throw your body on the line. You're the quarterback, you know. Listen, Josh Allen, if you're listening to this podcast, I don't know why you would be. <laughs> Shout out, you should be hitting a study book or whatever you do in <laughs> Buffalo. Get some wangs or something. But listen to me. If you're going to be a great quarterback for 18 years, you know, it doesn't matter. You're not, you don't need to beat all your chips in every single year for 18 years. Okay? If you get to the AFC Championship 18 years in a row and lose every time, that'd be historically bad. Be and that's not going to yeah. be you. Okay? If you get to the AFC Championship 18 years, you're bound to win at least two or three Super Bowls. Yeah. And that's, that's better than everybody else, pretty much. I think. I think nowadays, you know, hot take, the league is so about winning immediately and all about winning the chips. There's no longevity. Be patient. Be patient. I agree. I'm with you, man. I, I, the only thing I'll push back on the Colin thing is that, like, obviously Allen is just a completely different athlete than Roethlisberger. 100%. Roethlisberger is sneaky athletic, but not in the same league as Josh Allen. But I just, uh, quickly, let's talk a little bit about Colin because... That, I like Colin. I think he's, I think as he more and more... Is kind of embraced the fact that he does not watch sports anymore, and he just kind of makes takes off the cuff that somehow sort of work. I like that he just makes takes off feeling. I like that, and I'm not—he's not obviously the smartest, but 
or like you know, the most sports. I mean, he's not really a, like a you know a player. He doesn't know a lot about the games, which is inevitable. I mean, like to do a show, like you can't do a show and also like know a lot about sports. Like it takes so much time to like understand a game and you know be able to like watch all the film. You don't have time to do both of those, right? The only people who do it are like former players because they know so much about the game. Right. But they're never the hosts of the show, as you know. They're rarely hosts of shows because yeah. it's difficult to do both. I just like I like his takes. I like when he has Joe Flat on and they argue about some random team, whether so it's Cincinnati, funny, TCU, any of those teams. They argue so much about it. And Collins, Collins like, always anti the, those teams. Yes, and yeah. and and um, Clat is always like, no, like we need to respect them, you know, whatever. And I mean, obviously, I think we should respect those teams, but I like that he's like, if at the end of the day, you want the four best teams, Vegas should decide. Because those are the actual best teams. Yeah, that's I, I, I love it, especially with Clat. Colin's always like, you know, Clat, I'm America's honesty broker, and it's it's so, yeah, I am America's it's so I it's so it. it's just like very pompous, but it, like he's being sarcastic. But the he's other day, the other day they were talking about TCU, and Clat mm-hmm. was on there, and he was like, um, he's like, Oregon's got Colorado this week. Pretty sure they're basically a scrimmage team. <laughs> And Colorado was like, you bite your tongue. He got, or Clack Clack guy was like, you bite your tongue. He got so upset. Yeah. I just thought it was so funny. There was another part where they were talking about, uh, Clack was like, yeah, you know, I raised my kids with integrity. And then Colin's like, I raised my kids to smoke a cigar and have a good time. Just, <laughs> I mean, back to what you were saying about the fact that, like, you, got, you have to run the show. Colin, I'm pretty sure, has three hours of national airtime. He he does not have a co host. It is Colin, the Colin Coward show, the Herb Colin Coward. Joy Taylor sometimes. Sometimes Joy Taylor. But I don't. She's not there anymore. Yeah, the they, they've got McIntyre on there. I think jo- Joy's got her own thing going. Oh, on right good now, for her. Good for Joy. I loved her. I loved her on the show. Yeah, she's, she's good. great. Um, but it's like, who else has their own three-hour window to themselves? And sure, he has plenty of guests. But like, you look at, I mean, Stephen A. Shannon Sharp, Skip Bayless. You know, first things first, Nick Wright, which is, I, I really love that show. Nobody is that. just like this. Is the Colin Coward show? People tune in for three hours to listen to him and. He has as much hot takes as the next guy. I think, you know, he's charismatic, he's funny, he knows enough, and he's just an entertainer. He can do it for three hours, five days a week. Yeah, it's good. I think he does so well because, first thing, he came from radio. So three hours is not a big deal for people, you know, in radio. Sure. And I think he fits a very, very, you know, maybe ignored niche of the sports fan base of, like, people who love sports but, like, think that they are, you know, they're more of an elitist group of people. Yeah. Right? Like, the people who watch McAfee are not the same people who listen to Coward. Right. People who listen to Coward are, you know, avid sports fans, but they're not drinking nat- Natty Lights. <laughs> you know, they are, like, that's the kind of people that he appeals to. Sure. Like, I guess whatever you want to call, you know, he calls it whatever, right? But, like, I think he appeals to that kind of more elitist sport fan base. Yeah. Because of the way point. he carries himself, I think. Yeah, I mean, he also, like, he, he has his own media company now, The Volume, which is where Draymond Green has his podcast and some and other Richard things. Richard Sherman. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, he's wildly successful. And I, the thing I always think about is, like, like what Colin Coward's day entails, you know? And I think, you know, I'm sure he gets to his production meeting early in the morning. And he has a show until about 3.30. Probably gets off around 4, you know? Probably just goes out to a bar. I think he goes to, like, an extremely fancy dinner every night. And I think he comes home and he watches, like, House of the Dragon with his wife. And I think he does not watch a second of whatever sports is on. And I think that's awesome. I And the thing is, I think he's a smart guy. For sure. Maybe yeah. not, you know, he does. I, I just like his take sometimes. I like that 
I think a lot of times, especially with first take for a while, maybe they're getting better, and I don't watch it anymore after Max, by the way, but it's just, none of them have any take. Like, if, when you think about it, you watch a show, you watch it for a while, it seems like you don't, none of them have any taste. Yeah, they're just, they just talk out like, the box they're like, stats. the question will be, are the Jets Super Bowl contenders? And then Stephen A will be like, well, you know, they're looking good, they're looking amazing, I don't know yet. None of them are like, no or yes. Yeah. And yeah, like, that's, that's the point. whole point, you have to have a take. Yeah, anybody can say, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, we're here, I want to hear you make your pitch for why, you know, a difficult answer should be true. Yeah, so. and it's like, I think they're scared of being wrong, right, With and I get it, but it's like, that's the whole point of it, that's the whole point, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I was thinking about like a, I'm trying to think of like a good Colin Cowherd take, you know, uh, you know, the, the Falcons are like my Apple, ex-wife. you know, <laughs> <They're>, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Falcons remind me of my first wife, you know. <laughs> But, it's really he'll yeah. say that he'll be like he's like the Rams are about like my daughter right they're all about like you know having a good time whereas like you know maybe the Giants are all about like more like my son you know they're very to the book you know he's all into cyber security or I don't know some, <laughs> some terrible he analogy. always makes these he's, you know, he's like the Rams are like avocado toast you know it's like flashy trendy where's the nutrition where's the protein okay where, <laughs> where are the big bodies like, yeah, starting to sound like uh, losing recipes <laughs> over here <laughs> Michael Irvin, we're losing recipes. Oh man, but that was Colin, an amazing take. Colin just—he just makes these crazy analogies, and he makes them make sense because I think he's smart enough to work around it and you know manipulate the, the words and stuff. But he's great. He makes me laugh, and I think you know I've been a, I've been watching him for a long time, and I'm I'm proud to admit that I still watch occasionally. He's he's funny. He probably has you know we can close on this, but he probably has the best, um guests of anybody yeah i mean he's got hall of fame coaches on every week hall of fame players he's got joe burrow on weekly yeah he's got you know it's a great he's got the best he's got i love nick right you know i think he's a nick good, Wright's so funny i think he's got good basketball takes and he will i love that he has actual takes about basketball like yeah. he's not he's not scared to be around the bush like anybody else i think he's got good people on his i love it he kills it man he kills it and he just you know i, I think they come on because they know the show's good and they know he's good but um, he kills it, dude. You killed it today. I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate man. it. Thanks for having me. It's been a ton of fun, and we'll have to do. We'll have to do like a big group one where we get all the boys on. Um, oh yeah. Be like some kind of turkey ball. <laughs> yeah, we'll turkey ball. We'll do we'll, we'll, like a like a Pat McAfee show of our own. You know, it'd be kind of fun. Um, but yeah, man. Thanks again, and we'll uh, we'll do it again soon. Sounds good. All right. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. I always press the the record button again. Um, you you got to press stop. I mean, I, I don't know what I'm doing. There.